There's a microphone. Well, morning, everyone. And uh, it's, it's a great pleasure to be here this morning again with you all and to welcome my new young friend, Curtis. He's 29 years old, and when I was 29, um, I became a Christian. And uh, Curtis has got a story to tell. And we met a couple of weeks back, and he shared his story with me. And my conclusion to that was they could make a movie out of this already, even though he's only 29. So we could start a movie, and it could be a franchise that could run and run and run with sequels for years. Um, but we met uh, at a connect group, which we hold at Chowdeen's Chapel on a Monday night. And uh, I thought Curtis was an interesting guy. He uh, was brought up in Newcastle, and uh, his mom's here today, and his brother, Ellery. Um, pretty normal kind of upbringing. There was reference to Jesus, to, to church, but not that personal relationship. Um, as a young kid growing up, you told me that you were kind of a chubby kid, is what he said. Um, and then he gets to 16, and things started to change. Yeah. So take us on from there, Curtis. <laughs> yeah, um, as, as Terry just said, it, it's, it's going to be really difficult to, f- to fit in even the major points within the time that we've got about how, God, how good God, God's been, and I'm not going to be able to do him justice or the prayers that he needs, but I'm going to do my best. Um, so, yeah, as you said, I was brought up in church, um, a nice church. I went with my mum most Sundays. Um, and when I got to 16, nothing to do with the church, nothing to do with the upbringing I had, because I'm not going to sit up here and say that I didn't have a good upbringing. I had a really good, blessed upbringing. Um, but when I was in church at 16, the church I was in didn't particularly suit my expectations, because obviously at 16, I wasn't the chubby kid anymore, and the world stopped becoming a very, very attractive place. Um, it and unfortunately, that's classed as normal. Um, and that's what we're going through. Even more so now, I would imagine, with social media and everything that's going on, the world becomes very attractive. And the church where, although there were great people, just couldn't hold my interest. Just couldn't. So Because your interest, you got into physical exercise, yeah, you started yeah. working out, you started getting bigger, yeah, and um, you started going to pubs and nightclubs, yeah, 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 and I yeah. think your hip-hop music was a big thing for oh, you as well. Honestly, it was. Um, so it's, what I've discovered now, or what's been revealed to me, is how important the things that you led into your life are, it's even the smallest things, but as Terry just said, the influences that were in, in my life at the time were definitely the gym, all very um, physical, all very egotistical. I don't like saying that, but it was. It was the, the praise from the world was was great, you know, I'd transform my body and I'd grow up a little bit and that got a lot of attention and um, the hip-hop music came with that, the hip-hop videos came with that and I'm sure we're all pretty aware of how degrading and negative that message is. Um, so at 16 I was going out, well maybe not at 16, but 17, 18 I was going out a lot. I was in college and that just fueled that sort of young, normal ego. Um, and the inevitable happened. I didn't, I didn't once see God. I didn't, even though my mom still went to church and, you know, all that sort of thing. Had a great household, but I didn't personally even acknowledge Jesus for, for years. So you're into the ways of the world, mm-hmm. uh, which I think most of us here can relate to. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and then you met Rachel. I did, so the inevitable happened. If you're gonna be in a lifestyle, stuff's gonna happen. So I met a young girl when I was a young boy um, in a nightclub. Doesn't really sound right, but that's exactly what happened. Um, and because it was a first girlfriend scenario, like it was full speed ahead. Um, and because I was in my own little world, and I certainly didn't have Jesus to be any sort of breaks. I ended up with a son at 19, when I was 19. My first beautiful, beautiful boy, Franklin, was born. Um, but I ended up being a boy with a boy. And, you know. Um, but you try to do the right thing, yeah? Yeah. You try to be a dad. Uh, yeah. Well, you are a dad, but you yeah. try to be there for your son. Yeah. You kind of moved in with Rachel, so you had a walk together, yeah. and then you have another son. I did, so looking back at it now, it's really strange because I don't feel like I'm describing my life, and I'm going to try and relate to who I was then, but I can't, I can only do it to who God has brought me to be now. So um, I did, and I'm, I had a really, really great role model in my, in my dad, a really quiet man, if, who anybody who knows him, but... Um, he was there all the time, provided all of the time. And I promised my sons or son that I would always do that. So for me, I was quote unquote stuck. Even though that's not a nice way of putting it, I was, was stuck. Um, in my mind, this was as good as it's going to get. So therefore, I might as well stick with it and do my best that I could do. So then my second son, Miles, a beautiful boy, came along. Um, and yeah, that, I ended up with two, two amazing sons in a place where, looking back at now, a mess that I had made, but just didn't acknowledge it at the time. Yeah. So all of that kind of happened too early and in the wrong circumstances. Mm. Um, but during this time, you're still, you're working at the gym. Yeah. You're a PT instructor. Yeah. Um, you're listening to your hip-hop music, mm. and uh, to the outside world, mm -hmm. things were okay. But you were struggling, um, emotionally, mentally. Mm. Maybe you didn't understand it at the time. No. There was kind of a yeah. feeling that you were in depression, maybe. Yeah, that's what and the doctor then, called it. So, yeah. um, so um, I hope not many people can relate, but I all we just heard that there was a prayer request for it. Um, so I think reality slowly started to, to, to hit. As I say, I was a boy trying to do a man's job um, with no sort of relationship with God, and it didn't even enter my mind. So inevitably, um, the stresses of a relationship that wasn't great, an unhappy one, with two children and the responsibilities of a man trying to sort that was a boy, um, the inevitable happened, and yes, I'm more. I was more blessed than most people. I had an amazing family around me, but that's only if you, you gra look at it that way. And at that point in time, I didn't. Mm. So, um, yeah. I, so you've also you've moved on a bit, uh, mm. and you've got a job in a fire brigade. Yes. Right. So you're now a fireman. So you've got a decent income mm -hmm. um, to provide, but the relationship's falling apart. Yes. Uh, and I, you told me that. Um, you would go out running 
Mm -hmm. um, you're also into boxing. Yeah, yeah. And um, one day you're out running, and there was a chance meeting, yeah. which was instrumental in the turnaround yeah. in your life. So do you want to tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. Um, so as I, said, as I said, when I was going through that quote-unquote depression, um, just quickly, though, I just want to say, um, my, my wife revealed it, well, God revealed it to my wife who revealed it to me, um, not to claim stuff like depression is your own or anxiety is your own or anything like that because you don't have it. You go through it. Um, you, you, have, you have who you are, but you don't want to have that. You know, you would chuck it away if you could, so God's already taken that away from you, so therefore it's no longer yours. But yes, um, they're running. So because of that, I turned to the world for a coping mechanism. Um, I couldn't hold a household together. I couldn't particularly be a great dad because I wasn't functioning properly. My body wasn't my own. The tightness, the heart palpitations. So what did I do? I turned to what I knew, which was physicality. A man doesn't talk about his feelings particularly. He just does physical stuff. So I thought, well, I'd be good at boxing. So with the boxing came the running. So I was, I was running quite a bit. Mm -hmm. And in one week, I was listening to my hip-hop music. Um, very negative message as I was running. And I met this girl who I hadn't seen for seven, eight years from high school. And I heard that she, she was a Christian even then, even in high school. But she was really Christian. I heard it through the grapevine and she was captured and she was indoctrinated and she was all happy clappy. And I seen her. And um, she invited us to church. And I was in no fit state to even um, acknowledge going to church. Um, the God I knew was that far away. Um, he wasn't, but that's what I thought. So I was said it was nice to see you. I declined the invite. The next week, I can't remember who it was. It was either my brother or my mum introduced me to this hip-hop artist. And it was a Christian hip-hop CD or a Christian hip-hop. Uh, I, was, I was told of him, and I looked him up, and I put it on my iPod, and I went running with it, and I listened to it all week. And it was finally nice to hear somebody speaking truth and love and about Jesus in a way that I could relate to. God certainly did that. You know, that's what I needed. I needed to take out that hip-hop which was in my mind 24-7 and replace with something that was good. So, so another run it's the following week. And I saw the same girl again second time in two years. Um, completely different area. And she invited me to church again. But this time because I had such a realization of that there is a little bit more to this Jesus character than there was the first time I, I said yes. So I went to church and inevitably that Sunday, the day after I got saved, um, I can't remember much about it, but that led to amazing, amazing things. Which, yeah. you know, I, I got saved and I got baptized on Easter Sunday two years later. Um, that little section, as he said, is a movie in itself. Yeah. But, uh, I'm just conscious of the fact that, that there's so much that I want this guy to share with us all, and there's so much that he has to tell. We haven't got time. Um, what I think I might do, Curtis, because I really want to get to the bit about how you met Mariam. <laughs> you definitely don't have enough time. Um, but I, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> which is a, an amazing story, and also how you proposed to her. Yes, yeah. So um, maybe what we'll do, um, I'm going to ask you one more question, mm -hmm. but maybe I'll deliver the message and then at the end, we'll get our teas and coffees, yeah. and you and I'll come back up here, yeah. and if the people so wish, mm -hmm. we'll finish off some more of your story. That'd be great. How does that sound? 
Yeah. yeah? Sound good? Wasn't planned, but I just think that there's so much that this young man has to tell us here, which is great stuff, and his wife is here, yeah. and, uh, and it's just, it's lovely. The women here, you'll love it. It's, it's romantic, right? <laughs> it's really romantic. Mm. Um, but there's also a real powerful presence of God that, that is threaded through it all, which is fantastic. So, mm. um, so Curtis, just tell us um, a little bit about this, um, this internet uh, <laughs> app thing that you got yeah, into. It's funny when that, we say that. kind of led you towards yeah, your now wife. It's funny because we always say, how did you meet your wife? And the short version is a phone app, the internet. Um, and people go, oh. But um, what happened was, because I was, at this time I wasn't baptized, I was um, saved, and I was living that life, and God was transforming me, refining me, you know, and it sometimes didn't feel like it. It felt like the opposite. It felt like I was under attack all the time, which I probably was, but when you're a mess, he's got to do his work. He's got to take you to the, to the bare bones, then he can make you who he wants you to be. So in that, I was praying a lot, but it was a very selfish prayer, and he revealed to me not to be selfish, but... Christianity isn't about this, it's about that. So I wanted people to pray for, I wanted an abundance of people to pray for as I was going through some stuff. So I downloaded an app, I couldn't stand social media. Because I'd been saved, stuff became intolerable. The music I used to listen to was intolerable, the music videos were intolerable, um, some television was intolerable, so social media was certainly, all of those things took down my face, so I got rid of it. But I don't, what I did is I got the app store on my phone and I typed in Christian and this app came up. So I downloaded it. It was a prayer app. And there was a bunch of people to pray for. Um, and I was. I was sharing my story. And this one day, I felt a really strong pull to pray for one of the 200 prayer requests that was on the side of the screen. Yeah. So obviously I didn't. I scrolled down. And then... Honestly, it was just like God was saying, no, no, score back up and pray for it. I didn't tell the person right away that I'd prayed for them, yeah. but right. I was. We'll leave it there, right? <laughs> to be continued. To be continued. All right, Curtis, thanks yeah. for that. Give him a round of applause. <laughs> so, Curtis, we've, we've just heard how you came across this app. You were scrolling down these people to pray for. God stopped you on a particular one, but you ignored it. You kept on scrolling down, but God said, no, no, go back to that one. And just so everyone's clear, you've got no idea who this is. You can't tell what, even, even this, the sex of the person, whether it's male or female, you can't tell. So that, that's where we got to. Tell yeah. us what happens next. So just before that had happened, um, before the whole revelation of it's not about you, it's never about you, it's about, you know, um, I said a prayer. And I remember, we pray all the time, but there's not many prayers you can remember word for word. And there's one that I said on New Year's Eve this one time, and um, I won't say the whole thing, but basically the gist of it was, God, whatever you want me to have, I'll have. Whatever you don't, I don't want to strive for it. Um, reveal yourself to me, and I will do whatever, wherever you want me to do it. And also chucked in there, the next woman that I'm with, I want her to be my wife. I want to serve you fiercely side by side with her. I want her to love you more than she could ever love me. Amen. So, um, the whole app, I downloaded this app and I had no sort of interest or was able to see the sex of the person, the location of the person. Um, and to be honest, if I did know it was a, a woman, 
I would, certainly wouldn't, you know, even go there. Yeah. It's not where I was at other time. Um, but I prayed for this person, as we heard, and that was it. And then I went back maybe a few days later, didn't tell the person I'd prayed for them. And maybe it was a week or so later, I was at work, and I got a nudge. And it wasn't just like a, a physical nudge, but it felt like it. You should go and tell that person that you prayed for them. And bearing in mind, I'm not used to hearing from God like this like, that often, um, because I was still quite young in, in the walk. Um, but I did. I went and told this person um, that I prayed for them and that I hope all is well. And, you know, and then I told them to go and get your results from the hospital because it was a health-based thing. Um, and then we started speaking. And, you know, what I was needing in that time, because as I said, that prayer, God took away the stuff that I didn't need. So I kind of found myself, apart from my family, quite friendless, um, which was, wasn't a bad place to be. Um, I always say when God, if God is your rock, then rock bottom isn't a bad place to be. So I had found a prayer friend. Um, time went on, we continued talking, uh, well, typing, and it came out that it was a girl, but she lived in Australia, so it was kind of safe. It was never going to happen, so it was all right. Um, so we kept talking, kept talking. And I remember one time, standout time, um, I had heartache. And I remember, it's dead cliche, but I did have heartache. And it was outside before I went to church for a leadership meeting, and I just had to cry out to God. One of a few times I cried out to him, what on earth is this feeling? Because I can't deal with it. How can I catch feelings for somebody I've never met? You know, you see it on TV all the time. You, I've never met, and, you know, um, how's it going to work? And this, I, sound, I don't want to sound crazy, but I'm amongst the people who will understand. You're among crazy people. I'm among the fellow crazies. So it felt like it came from the back seat of the car, but it was go and find out what I've got for you. And me being me at that point in time was like, yeah, yeah whatever. So I, so I said it, like, you know, I cried out even more. And he was like, no, I'm being serious. Go and find out what I've got for you. So the next day, when I was speaking to Mariam on the phone, um, you know, I told her. I told her. And I missed out the part where, like, I, I put the phone number in my phone when I got off this app and I saw the picture. I was like, wow, <laughs> wow God definitely knows. God is good. He knows exactly what you need. Um, so just to put this all into context, guys, um, the relationship with the mother of his two children had broken down. Mm -hmm. He's back living with mom. Yeah. And, um, and he's developing this, relation, this online relationship with a person who he doesn't know. But God's telling him, this is the person, and I want you to go meet this person. Mm -hmm. He then f gets a picture of this person, and he's blown away yeah. because she's <laughs> extremely beautiful, yeah. uh, more than he ever could have hoped for, mm. is what he said to me. And um, so that's the context. Yeah. But now he finds out that she lives in Australia. Mm. Melbourne, in Australia. Um, so again, it was just like, how on earth can this be happening? Why is it happening? Um, of kind of what you said, you know, well, he didn't say it, I said you know, that the next woman I ever got involved with was going to be my wife. And you're telling me now what to go and say about it. Um, and I remember telling the people from the old church I used to go to, and quite a few other people going, no, you're crazy. you just got to be careful. You're infatuated. And on paper, it does look like that. It really does look like that. But 
you hear it all the time when you know you know you know so i told her i said look i'm gonna i'm gonna come to australia i didn't know how it was gonna happen because i had no money but i was gonna go to australia and then the overtime calls from work start coming and i'm convinced that i changed the well my prayers changed the whole overtime system for Tiny Mayor Fire and Rescue Brigade <laughs> because it just shouldn't have happened, but it did. So within no time at all, I was on a plane in Australia, insane, going to meet somebody I'd spoken to, like on FaceTime, on the phone, um, a, a definite best friend. But, you know, just to put it into context, her family lifestyle, uh, Mariam is a Syrian, not Syrian, a Syrian, which means, um, there's a small group of Christians in Iraq, and now her family fled the Gulf War. So her brothers and sisters were led by her father on, you think there's a movie in my stuff, you should see this one. Um, got her, Basically, a long story short, they escaped war zone. They escaped the war zone. So a guy from the UK who's apparently heard from God is going to come from the UK to go to a, a, not a strict Christian family, but a family who respects God. You don't take men home. You don't do it. Unless you're going to marry them. Um, and I've done scary stuff in my time. But yeah. that was terrifying. So God provided you with the money and he goes to Australia mm. and you meet Mariam. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're going to have to, we'll have to come back for another. We'll do a series with him. We'll bring him back <laughs> in over several weeks to get it all out. Um, and you meet our family and the, her father was approving which was another sign from God that this was meant to be. Goodness, yes. Um, and then, uh, I'm mindful of the time, yeah, yeah, Curtis. Yeah. Uh, we're missing out lots here, but it'll all be in the movie. Um, so, <laughs> so then, um, you eventually bring Mariam over. You, it's agreed you're going to get married. Oh, you, you, the father's of, given it permission. Like, it was like a nod. It was yeah. just like a... He's, he's giving you the nod. It's okay, yeah. So then Mariam comes over here for a couple of weeks. Tell us about Langley Castle and, and what happened up there. <laughs> so missing all the meaty bit out, which will be in the movie. Yeah. Um, it was, and when I came back from that time, I knew that I, I had to marry this woman. I did. Um, like being with her was like God, and still is every morning. God's grace over and over again. Because how am I worthy to? lead to this woman like it's 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 amazing you know so that feeling started then so i was thinking how on earth am i going to ask somebody who i love this way but how god loves this way um to marry me um and Miriam's from sunny australia so she'd never seen snow and she was over here in december and we very rarely see snow in december anyway but um i was thinking how am i going to do it and i was planning all this stuff and it was only like a week before like or maybe, yeah, it was literally a week before God says, right, I've got you. I want you to do this. So this is what happened. Uh, I booked Langley Castle because I hadn't seen a proper castle before. Um, and Jesus really hooked me up, man, because the weather was rotten. But the Christmas lights are on. So it looked awesome. There was like log fires and everything. I was just like, ah, <laughs> only God. But um, so we went. The food was amazing. Um, I was terrified, but... I asked if I could use a room, and I set the scene, you know, some, some nice music and some candles, um, and I said, right, close your eyes, and don't open them, and because she, she loves Jesus, she did it, and she didn't peek, so, 
So there was this windowsill, and I sat out there, and eyes still closed. And I had this ring, which is another story in itself. Um, but what God revealed to me in prayer was, do where you started and do where you want to be, because we started with prayer, and that's where we're going to stay. We start with Jesus. The foundation is Jesus. That's where we're going to stay. So Jesus' display of love and servant nature was to wash the feet of the disciples, right? So that's what I did. <laughs> uh, I sat her up on this thing, nice music, candles, perfectly temperatured water. That was important. With some nice bubbles in, which was complimentary. Um, and I just told her not to freak out, but I'm going to wash your feet, and then we're going to pray. So I prayed, and in the prayer, we just honored God with this moment. I explained exactly why I'm washing her feet, what it means to me, what she means to me, what we mean to God, and then at the end of the prayer, I said, God, if you would honor you, and marry him, you know, agrees, could we serve you for eternity together? Will you marry me? And... She said yes. After laughing for 30 seconds, crying, I'm just like, well. <laughs> yeah. But she did. She said yes. Yeah. And here we are. Um, she moved to the UK, expecting our son. Sat on stages like this. It's insane. It, it's, it's crazy. Yeah. And, and your son is due when? Son is due in two months. <laughs> two months' time. Another happy time. event. Yes. <laughs> so I think we'll end it there. We're just on half 12. Mm. Um, there are so many gaps in there, but I think you get a taste of the kind of life that he's had. Um, similar to mine in many respects, and, and before he became a Christian, you know, working class upbringing, great parents, um, uh, but, but no personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Mm. Uh, he's come to know the Lord, and he's got a, a, an amazing story already and we'll get him back another time, and we'll get Marion back so we can hear her story, which I'm sure if we put the two of them together, wow, what a movie that's going to be. Um, but I want to thank Curtis for coming along and, and sharing that with us. So give him a big round of applause, a big thank you. <laughs>